Your support helps us bring fresh voices, new voices, and credible voices. Support Mind Podcast by clicking on support the Mind Podcast link on mind.net. You can also write to us at info at mind.net about any other way you would like to support Mindmakers. Hello and welcome to Mind Podcast 103. Time flies and we're already on, just now we were doing 100th podcast and now we're doing 103rd podcast. But thank you so much for being there for us and week after week we love coming back to you and talk to you about everything that has happened in the previous week. Uh, Adit is not here right now, he is back in India and but Pramod and I are here and we are here to talk about the news this week lot of newsy week this has been yeah. union budget which is always a big deal in India was presented uh, a month ahead a month ahead which was always a big deal railway budget was not uh, presented uh, separately for the first time in 92 years um, railway budget and union budget was presented as in uh, one go yeah. by the finance minister we will talk about the budget in a separate uh, section, but overall, um, it seemed like more or less like a middling budget. Everyone was kind of happy with it. There was no exuberance that people had expected after demonetization. So it was not what you would call an exuberant budget. It was, you know, putting your house in order budget. That is, um, people, you know, how you look at your all your um, balance and payment and everything, and you you sort of. Uh, you can call call it a balanced and balancing act. Balanced sort of and balancing budget. act. So yeah. there, uh, the windfall budget that was expected after demonetization did not happen. Right. Um, in a way, we will talk about how this is in interest of the country or how this probably is a good this is how the budget should have been presented but we'll talk about it in the next um, section um, another huge news that was happening that a lot of people expected was um, Shashikala's ascent in phenomenal ascent in just one month one month and yeah. few this thing she is come from a small video shop owner to the chief minister of Tamil Nadu. So um, that is something that we will talk about in detail. Yeah. Um, we will also talk about um, Trump trumping everyone else with all his executive orders and back and forth he's having run-ins with judiciary right now because he has passed this order which is commonly known as Muslim ban but it's not quite Muslim ban because it's not like Muslims from all countries or Islamic world are stopped from coming but seven countries that had been identified by Obama himself which is very important to point out had been identified by Obama as exporting terror or being terror epicenters people from those places have been uh, stopped or structurally not compatible with the procedures that the United States follows apparently some of them had weak documentation yes some of them were not providing the documentation that was required as per changing you yes. know dynamics for mm. example Syria if there is a requirement by the Syrian government mm. uh, to make certain background checks and whatever is available as per law to be accessible by certain departments these were not being presented so this yeah. was a flow and continuity of the government's policy whether it is the Obama government or the Trump uh, yeah. government you couldn't call it a 
a community specific yeah. ban. It wasn't a community. You could be, see, I have no problems with people opposing a policy. You should always have the freedom to oppose a policy or something, but you should, you should always speak the truth. Even in the age of post-truth, which which doesn't exist, because there is nothing post-truth, yeah. and which is just a way for liberals to say that you know uh, people don't listen to us anymore. But even in the age of post-truth, you should criticize, but based on facts. So if you want to criticize this order, this executive order, it's completely all right. You know, you could say that. Well, hey, you're not banning people from um, Saudi Arabia and Pakistan. So what kind of a ban is this? You know, Saudi Arabia and Pakistan, these are the major one is the f funding terrorism and another one is just, you know, funneling the terrorists. Funneling, the funneling terrorists. Yeah. So if you're not stopping people from that, then so what kind of ban is this? You could argue like that, but that's not how people are arguing. People are saying that you are stopping Muslims from coming in, which is not true. So if you have to, um, my request to this post truth generation is stop people you know do uh, oppose policies but always talk about talk facts do not go around spinning facts because that is post-truth then so we will talk about that in um, detail also and that's um, one thing and some other news that have been you know news of the week we will do the some roundup. the elections just happened right. and um, Punjab, Goa, UP is going to happen. Punjab and Goa has already voted. UP is still to uh, vote, which is a big, big prize for any political party. Yeah. And Punjab seems to have thrown up some interesting uh, permutation combinations, but we're not going to believe all the opinion polls. Um, we have some sources that have told us what is on the ground, so we will go back and we will talk about that as well, what the ground sources are saying in Punjab and in Goa, and we will wait for um, other states. Um, and maybe we should also states. So talk about the uh, Derek O'Brien uh, episode. A yes, bit. we will talk about Derek O'Brien episode definitely, and that has um, sort of riled the entire social media yeah. in India. We'll talk about that. But first, we will begin with um, Shashikala's um, right. ascent. So, Pramod, tell me, give us a little background about how Manargudi Mafia has now taken over the ancient land of Tamil Nadu. What's going on? Well, at this point in, in time, they have not taken over the ancient land of Tamil Nadu. They've only taken over the post garden, the post -garden residence. <laughs> that is one of the ancient places in Tamil Nadu. Uh, but uh, the Manargudi gang, as it were, is basically a group of, uh, you know, of course, well-entrenched. Uh, their community is... Uh, considered to be one of the prominent communities. The, uh, they are generally in, in, um, in, in Tamil Nadu politics, there are Vanniyars, there are Tevars, there are Nadars, there are so many different communities. Mm. Uh, and one of the influential community is the Nadars and the Tevars. And um, you know, Shashikala essentially brought the muscle to the Karishma and the, the resource management and the administrative capability of Jailalitha. Uh, from the time MGR was uh, in this, in his second term, you know, mm. this is in the early 80s when Shashikala and Jailalta met. She was, like you rightly said, uh, had some videographing business and mm. uh, was photo shooting all of the uh, to the point where events. she now her family now owns Jaya TV completely. Uh, so uh, events, events where mm. Jailalta would make appearances, and mm. obviously that was where it all started. All started. Then she's, uh, you know, her uh, uh, whole relationship with Jailalta has been one of. Uh, 
you know older sister younger sister sort of uh, confidant amma chinamma uh, her household jalalita's household was managed by shashikala entirely including people who were uh, in her uh, appointments who were in uh, you know close proximity mm. to her so much so that the past two or three years j- there was no meeting possible with the closest confidence and supporters of the aia dmk and also people who had supported jalalita way back in the 1980s mm. against the uh, janaki ramchandra those people were also fe- feeling let down that they were not able to get access Bypass, to jailalita uh, so the only person they would meet was shashikala mm. there was a falling out in between and now there was uh, there supposedly some rapprochement that happened and jailalita is now no more and now Jail- uh, shashikala has to prove uh, her metal in the political field now she has not been elected the electorate gave the mandate to jailalita mm. the proper thing was to pros- possibly call for elections and see if there was sympathy way for amd admk that would carry forward to shashikala so this yeah. whole thing is not not really being palatable to the people of tamil nadu who went through the jallikattu who went through mm-hmm. the floods who went through so many different things let me ask you something a lot of people are seeing similarities between how jailalita sort of wrested power after mgr from janaki ramachandran and became the de facto head of aidmk yeah. to the point that she became the boss of aidmk some people are seeing the same thing being repeated i however don't think that way because a jailalita had her own following jailalita was a huge movie star when she took over ai dmk compared to that um, no one has even heard shashikala talk in public till uh, jailalita died she does not have that charisma she does not have she has never held an administrative post she was not even part of ai dmk for the longest time it didn't seem that jailalita was grooming shashikala the way mgr had groomed um, ha, jailalita right. that's my analysis point. as far as the charisma Kar- of yeah. the uh, person who has deceased and the person who has now taken power but the problem point is tamil nadu politics is also evolving towards a non charisma Uh, and competitive populism sort of a, hmm. a mode whereby irrespective of who it is from dmk who is in uh, the driver seat uh, or who is in aidmk the person who offers the maximum uh, populist measures basically gets to win the elections or whoever stitches up alliances with the smaller little parties mdmk uh, vck all of these smaller yeah. little you know pmk uh, so many of these amalgamated smaller little um, parties are uh, existent mm. in tamil nadu it is very interesting times for tamil nadu because stalin on one side is also very populist and yeah. very i would say at least from an administrative because dmk administration, has also seen a change of guard now standpoint does have experience mm. so he he can talk about certain issues uh, shashikala on the other hand has been the silent controller of the party so she is always the 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 person who knew what was happening in the party oh, hi she was the kind of person who would you would send to negotiate and mm. get the person on board but she is not so, we, what remains to be seen is is she someone who will be a vote catcher like jailalita was no way she will come back to power i'll tell you from the get go because the maximum that can be given and the maximum can be ex- emptied from the state exchequer has been out competed between jailalita mm. and uh, karunanidhi yeah there's nothing more she can give she can mm. now call uh, the canteen chinnamma canteen <laughs> that's about and it and uh, offer idli for half of the price yeah. right so this this cannot uh, sustain i think the reason why she took over the party is she is feeling uh, embattled right now because there is a corruption case that is about to be uh, there is a yeah. decision that is pending she feels probably extra protection might be given because she is in a constitutional 
suppose do we don't know no, these don't dynamics know but bad days are ahead for tamil, tamil nadu, nadu because no good choice is available at this point in time i would rather say elections and fresh and new faces i see a lot of young tamilians who were extraordinary there was an rj yeah. uh, from a radio channel who gave a great speech on the jallikattu mm. movement and that uh, that ca- caught the imagination of the people so it is time for new politics new nationalistic and tamil oriented politics to come out of tamil nadu shashikala is not the answer answer and it's the end of probably dravidian movement Hope which so. will uh, Hope hopefully so. dravidian the word dravidian will only exist in the names of parties and will yeah. have nothing to do with nothing. their philosophies nothing. hold that thought and we will come back so moving on from tamil nadu where we can really wait and watch for there is nothing else to uh, you know say right now you north indians don't give space for uh, south indian politics i know <laughs> to wait and watch now <laughs> we have to forcibly speak about uh, up i know and, uh, so now we will go back to <laughs> north india we will go to uh, the heart of politics up where the elections are going to be held uh in a very interesting flux that's where uh, now the um, rahul and uh, uh, uh you know the faces of somebody called them the faces of privilege yeah. uh, rahul and akhilesh yadav uh, team has been coming in the best picture you know sometimes they say a picture speaks a thousand words so there was a picture of them campaigning together and there were electric wires oh, all around there and then there was this rahul gandhi really scared and cowering you know because he didn't know what where he had ended up you know this mama's boy had been suddenly from uh, first class air travel he had suddenly arrived instead there. of electrifying the audience, audience he was going to get electrocuted himself and the <laughs> whatsapp joke you know as much as i hate whatsapp but there was a whatsapp joke that really caught my imagination that said that rahul was really scared but akhilesh yadav was ra- um, laughing because he knew there is no electricity in up <laughs> but anyway that's a joke but uh, um, bs maybe and it needs to be seen um, what congress um, does and what uh, samajwadi party will do but an interesting factor always in up election is mayawati mayawati people never ever are able to judge what she is what she is going to do but going from the fact that she inducted mukhtar um Abbas Naqvi in her um, uh, this thing um, her party it seems that she is desperate for muslim vote she feels that her base her uh, jata vote base was it Mukhtar Ansari Mukhtar Ansari <laughs> i just realized that we are talking about and we would have actually created a humongous problem with Mukhtar Abbas Naqvi calling us and saying no i'm not joining this thing no Mukhtar Abbas Naqvi continues to be in bjp we are talking about Mukhtar Ansari Don, the don muktar ansari we are talking about so before our people come to ja- jump on us so we are talking about so right. she seems to be desperate for uh, muslim vote but at the same time it's very hard to judge a lot of people who are traveling through up say that we don't know what behenji is up to no but then there is a firm catchment area that you have to analyze the sp will get the majority of the yadav and the muslim vote yeah. there's no question about it yeah. and now with congress in the mix there are some community that are hanging here and there the yeah. kurmis and some communities might come together but still from uh, my analysis also they are still somewhere around the 30 to 33% range only yes. which is not sufficient to yeah. win the election because yeah. in a triangular contest what happens is you have to be no no less than 36 to 37% 
if you have to be, be yeah. within striking range of right the two now she's being you know put in uh, the third number in a triangular right. contest right. and i just don't seem to be believing it because a she hit the ground running 2 years ago 2 yeah. years ago she had her um, you know tickets ready at who she's going to give the tickets to so that has to be taken down and plus in parties like um, bsp there is no internal rebellion or anything right. so um, she can really run the party smoothly you know but so then her her whole mantra was that when she was at the helm there were not that many law and order issues like the samajwadi yeah, party that is true so that she ha- she that did turn out to be a better administrator definitely than uh-huh. mulayam singh yadav and a lot better than akhilesh yadav that is there for sure but people what people are saying about behenji yeah. at the moment is that she has lost that connect with people with the ground that kashiram had and that mayavati 1.0 had right. you know where they would be going living in amongst ordinary people who who were impoverished people you know a lot of uh, she has or she spends time only in delhi and lucknow and she does not go around go out in the you know right. real world so that is one um, thing i have heard against mayavati but other than that she is consolidating her vote bank for sure and we have to see where muslim vote in uttar pradesh goes that brings us to punjab now punjab has already voted goa has already voted punjab it seemed that when we went from ndtv polls and what they had said initially they were giving up they were saying up will do well but they were not giving them too much of chance but after the voting i believe they are calling it not the exit polls but you know um opinion polls 2.0 you know that uh, the feedback from people or something they're saying that up might actually win the election um i have traveled through punjab extensively last summer and i did see the presence of up i'm not going to deny that there was a lot of presence of up there was lot of people were there was a lot of anger with akali bjp in fact if you remember i came back and i told you akalis yeah. are not coming back yeah. so because there was too much anger against akalis and there was also this thing that akalis they just have penetrated into every form of business in punjab right. nepotism as at its rise and people are corruption is number one issue in punjab at the moment by the way so that uh, thing but amrinder singh is fighting a tough battle he has no support from congress but he is fighting it on his own merit you know the la- his last he's already said this is my last battle and he is actually going against head on head in lambi con- constituency against senior badal himself so that is a big prestige and ego fight for him so we it remains to be seen i'm not going to go out on the limb and say who is going to win i mean i'll let you but isn't say the clincher the hindu vote in doaba because that is the majority seats come from there and you talking about the urban vote urban also vote. urban vote is the clincher <clears throat> right so which is which is the party that can deliver uh, at this point in time aam aadmi party has two or two and a half years of bad track record in delhi mm. there is nothing that they can talk about their chief ministerial candidate is an absolute joke mm. uh, so and they are tied up with the khalistanis the kps gill had to come out and make a statement against aam aadmi party and the the so called uh, you know uh, friendship with this uh, 
ex Khalistanis. Yes. I think uh, Amarinder Singh deserves a chance because Akali uh, BJP don't really have the kind of uh, uh, they have anti incumbency. They have a really bad track record at job creation. That is the yes. biggest uh, concern right now. Yes. Corruption and then the drugs problem. Everything is going against the Akalis and BJP. I will at this point in time stick my neck out and give this uh, election, election to, to Congress. Amrinder Singh. Amrinder Singh. Amrinder Singh. Right. Exactly. It shouldn't be given to Congress. No, it should be Amrinder given to Amrinder Singh. Singh because if they win, but, it is But Amadmi will also perform very well, but it is not a, 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 an election for them to clean sweep or anything. Yeah. They are in contention at the in the longer time a period yeah. of time. If uh, you know, we'll see on March 11 what happens, yeah. and um, we're not going to shy away from saying that um, Akalis are unpopular in um, Punjab, and BJP has not consolidated its base because yeah. they have always acted as a junior partner, and Akalis have really not given them yeah. breathing space. So, uh, to me, the most important question is what happens after the election for right. BJP. That is the most important election, but we will talk about that later. Goa, what is your report from? Goa. Uh, Goa BJP will scrape through. Okay. They had an issue with their local chief ministerial chief, candidate. Uh, also, also the uh, head of uh, BJP uh, RSS actually split and started a, a party by himself, which oh. was going to add to the this thing confusion. Trouble. But there is no specific uh, indication that BJP will lose Goa or, for that matter, lose Uttarakhand. Uttarakhand. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I come back to is UP. My predictions are at this point in time, Samajwadi and Congress have an edge. Mm. That edge can go away in the next uh, three to four weeks also mm. because of various reasons. Uh, because the front has opened up, uh, been opened up by the Prime Minister that calls this uh, grouping as scam. Scam. That was a very interesting Samajwadi, thing. Congress and... Uh, Akhilesh, Akhilesh and Mayavati. Mayavati. So, so, so the combination and they are the not scam uh, group. So this, <laughs> you, you never know the dynamics at this point yeah. in time. Uh, Manipur uh, is anybody's guess. I, I think uh, Congress has an edge in Manipur. Edge in Manipur. Uh, BJP never had any ground game. They were trying to get all ex-Congress MLAs into yeah. the fold. Um, but this is this will be an interesting election specifically because UP, Bihar and Bengal, these are the three states. I go back to this uh, main mm -hmm. uh, problem that we have is that about 40 crore people or 45 crore people live between these three states. Yeah. And it's these three states are not industrially developed. They are the ones that are pulling down the economy. One third of the people of India live in these three states. Can yes. you imagine? And there is no... Uh, light at the end of the tunnel with Mamta Banerjee, with Lalu Prasad Yadav, with the Yadavs and yeah. the Mayavatis, that they don't have any larger vision or ideas. Even within Very identity, identity poli politics, even yeah. with the, within identity poli politics, Navin Patnaik, Chandrababu Naidu, KCR, uh, even to a large extent, uh, the uh, Dravidian parties have delivered on. KCR has been a huge surprise. I without, have to admit. I any, have to admit. Without any support from BJP, yeah. so these North and. Uh, East Indian parties have not been able to deliver on the ground level in terms of job creation. Akalis are also losing because of this lack of capability. capability. It all boils down to identity politics. Ka zamana ho oh, yeah, yeah. Mandal Kamandal is gone. Yeah. But right now, yeah, they're not who is, delivering. Who's who not delivering who is, is a problem. Capable of delivering jobs. Yeah. You know, Trump won because of his, uh, uh, you know, projection that he will be able to create these millions and millions of yeah. jobs. Yeah. So that is where I think it's very crucial that uh, Narendra Modi tries to, uh, you know, probably because of their lack of a chief ministerial candidate, he himself uh, 
talks about the achievements yeah. the local mps are utter failures in projecting the central yeah. scheme i do feel a little uh, this thing that bjp uh, because they did not project a good chief ministerial candidate this was their strategy yeah. and i'm sure they have thought about it but to me it seems that if they had presented a very um, you know charismatic face like uh, smriti rani who even now just yeah. a couple of days ago oh took head on head on and we will talk after about after lying dormant after lying dormant for a long time and she came back with a bang and uh, we will talk about that in the next section but i was talking about somebody like smriti rani who would fire up people right. you know that kind so they really did need that kind of a person but it seems that uh, to the best of my knowledge bjp is not going that no, way bjp at the top level at the top echelons of the party has changed yeah. but bjp at the ground level which works on numerous uh, karyakartas yeah. they are suffering everywhere but they, modi should in, know that 2014 was a sweep because everybody knew that he was on the top of the ticket so it was not bjp going for this thing it was modified or modified bjp uh, going to the polls and that is why it was swept so he needs to know that this no, template has to be followed in states also no blank check even for modi yeah what will happen even after demonetization even if he wins a war against pakistan even if tomorrow everybody gets a more income than promised modi cannot win the election without the common karyakarta being elevated rapidly yeah, if it in up they had parachuted smriti irani they would have won and swept these elections that innovativeness has to come from within, within bjp. BJP. bjp nobody can support the bjp yes. or will support the bjp if they don't help themselves absolutely i agree with that and with that we end up uh, end this round up of elections and we will come back to rest of the topics before we get to our uh, next topic um i do want to say that this is mindmakers production this mind podcast is brought to you by the mindmakers team this uh, podcast is produced and edited by adit kapadia with the help of our team in india the panelists for the um, podcast are adit kapadia pramod kumar buravalli and sunanda vashish which is me okay so that was about elections but coming to i think um it is very important that we talk about what has been catching the imagination of entire india last week and that was h1b visas uh i know that uh, trump has been up to a lot of executive orders you know some of them inane and some of them not well thought through but that's that's a different thing we're not going to talk about that but i do want to tell our listeners something i want to tell them we don't have any access to the modi um, i mean trump administration but i can we can tell them what we know and what we know is that from multiple sources we have learned that h1b visas or this thing they're not up out to be next anytime soon so all that fury and all that worry and all that you know that should subside down it does not seem that he is going to touch h1b visas anytime soon but again this is what we have heard about we cannot vouch for it we have no direct contact with trump administration no one does but this is what we have picked up right. that this does not seem to be anything uh, directly that is going to be impacted so that's what we know and uh, we do know that there is lot of executive um you know uh, orders and this muslim ban so called muslim ban it is affecting a lot of people but as far as india is concerned at the moment um i think uh, immigrants from india need not be worried that does not mean that they can sit 
pity, but at the moment, it seems just these seven countries yeah. who are affected. And uh, whether we agree with that or don't agree with that, but ultimately, you know, he has been elected president. And if he sees, if it is his worldview, and he sees America, you know, going, uh, becoming a more you know, insulated country, that's what it is. What do you I think, think? I think in three weeks, his style has been one of seeking leverage. Yeah. So he identifies a problem, a problem as part of his electoral promise. He quickly goes on to deliver on it via an executive order because he doesn't want to go through his own majority in the Senate or the, in the... Uh, uh, in the Congress. So he wants, he seeks to redeem himself to his base that said that we've elected him. Why are you delivering uh, it late? So he's delivering it right then instant noodles. Then he does the groundwork on what leverage does he get from delivering the executive order. Whether Correct. he uses that to go against the judiciary. Now he's going after the judge in Seattle who has yes. put in a stay on that uh, seven countries uh, temporary ban. Mm. Uh, visitors uh, or, or immigrants coming in, then he's going to use the visa issue to leverage with India because the Prime Minister is supposed to, Indian Prime Minister is supposed to come visit and meet up to President Trump. Trump. Correct. Right now, the US economy, the, the promise is that the GDP will go anywhere from uh, 3 to 3.5 to 4% and that can happen only when manufacturing jobs are created in huge numbers and Trump expects that jobs can be created only when countries like India, friendly countries like Israel, Saudi Arabia got sold huge order of F-15 fighters. F-15 is an obsolete aircraft yeah. but Saudi Arabia has lapped up on it because mm. Saudi Arabia has been propped up against the um, Iranian yeah. regime. So. Yeah. Trump has identified who is going to be friend, who is going to be foe, who is going to be in between, who with whom am I going to have a leverage. So as soon as this visa issue started happening, our great Narayana Murthy started talking about Infosys not using H-1Bs. This man and his fortune was built on <laughs> H-1B visas. Imagine the ridiculousness of this. So, 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 so Trump is being very smart here. He yeah. is going to use this to the maximum possible extent. The other day he did an uh, interview with Bill O'Reilly in which he basically was asked point blank what he thinks of Trump and uh, uh, Trump thinks of Putin yeah, I know, and I uh, Bill O'Reilly said that don't you think Bill, uh, Putin is a uh, murderer or something Trump of that nature and uh, killer and uh, Trump said, goes on and says that there are, many killers. I, there are many killers. Do you think America is a sage? Yeah. So what he is trying to accomplish is that he feels that his four years that he has, I think he thinks he's also a one-time president because nobody uh, survives these many executive orders because what executive orders does is that it results in multiple lawsuits. Yeah. But the base is happy that yeah. this man has delivered and the base will be off, off of him for another six months to one year. Yeah. He's drawing up a business plan. From what I can gather from business leaders is that he wants maximum jobs created using these leverage, these right. things as leverage. Right. Uh, it is very uh, certain that uh, the countries at this point in time, the seven countries on whom he has gone against, will have nothing in financial contribution to come to the United States. If any, it will be the Turkey, it will yeah. be the Saudi Arabia. But what have you heard about H-1B? Because th that is a lot of our audience right now and they want to well, hear about it. H-1Bs are a con big consternation to many people. I do not employ H-1B so I can be very, very open-hearted about this. Indian IT consulting companies also have played a very big uh, kind of a, a negative uh, yeah. you know, 
part in this whole it's thing. Time for them. They went and convinced customers that instead of hiring one American, can you hire three, three Indians? Indians? That yeah. whole equation was wrong. It should have been about expertise. It yeah. should have been about process. It should have been about scaling up and manufacturing and actually letting your products be sold in India. But these short-sighted people like Naran Murthy's have nothing to contribute. They yeah. earned millions and billions of dollars. They became darlings of the middle class. But name one product that came in from Indian IT consulting companies sitting yeah. on piles and piles of cash. Your Prime Minister Modi is using an obsolete old mainframe systems. Couldn't you have come up with a simple database for the Indian government? Yeah, so absolutely. Indian IT companies deserve this. Mm. At the same time, they have chance to redeem themselves. Can they reinvent themselves? Can they open up more offices in the United States and also engage in product development and use their cash? properly this is a lesson uh, that has to come one day or the other whether it is Absolutely. Trump or not it was long time coming my other uh, observation on H1 or H4B visas is nobody is asking you to come here mm. if you don't have to come don't come here yeah. life has become extremely difficult in the United States even for people who are residents or citizens who are mm. people who have come in for 15 to 20 years ago the economy mm. has shrunk it is not capable of taking in so many of people. So, if 1,50,000 student visas come in, Sunandaji, the United States master's program basically survives on students coming in from India and China. Yeah. If the United States thinks that the visa issue is a leverage against India, Modi also has to think that the student visa is a leverage for India because our money is coming into the United States universities. So you don't give long-term visas, our people are not going to come. If our people are not going to come, your universities will collapse. Your master's program, there will not be any enrollment because Americans don't go for master's. Yeah. They only stop at bachelor's. That's true, most of them. So, so yeah, so there is a lot of give and take uh, here. It there is a lot of give and take happening and we don't know uh, what is going to happen at the moment. But... Um, Right now, we can just say that it's it's a fluid situation. Let's wait and watch what happens. And this this um, we will talk about this more often because Trump yeah. is going to be our newsmaker for I think every single podcast the way he is going. But I do want to talk about towards the end of this podcast. I want to talk about a very important issue, and that is something that concerns um, us and the space we are trying to be in. And this is attack on i don't call them right-wing media sites because they're not right-wing media sites alone i call them alternate media i yeah. call them non-mainstream media i call them the new media so i i am seeing a lot of attack uh, coming from there and one of the biggest um, attacks this time was launched by uh, Derek o'brien himself on the floor of parliament when he picked up one useless book that nobody has which is just a hearsay of a um, alleged journalist who has who has no journalistic who has done no work of journalistic caliber you know i can appreciate a lot of people who are on the other side of the spectrum but this alleged journalist is no one who can be respected and he actually picked up that book and he attacked one of the founders of Op India, which is um, a, a website that um, a lot of people are familiar with. And he attacked the co-founder of that who goes by the 
um uh, you know uh, the twitter handle. twitter handle of baksala but his name is rahul raj so he was put under attack he was talked about on the floor of parliament he um, rahul raj immediately attacked back and he said he had never met modi all the falsehoods had been said about him he is uh, his twitter account was never suspended his twitter account was never suspended so a lot of lies were spoken about him on the floor of parliament by a dignified member of parliament derek o'brien and this was was this was completely unacceptable imagine his name being in parliament records under that and thanks to god bless smriti irani who came out oh, yeah. um, the very next day and she completely changed the narrative and she said you know um, people like us get attacked too and this is not right on the floor of parliament she went and said that this should be expunged the name should be expunged which was done and we, we really would like to extend a huge thank you to smriti irani for this but this this brings me to the wider this thing we have seen india facts being under attack this week as well for an article that they wrote on jallikattu and um, op india founder has been under attack it's it's you know no it doesn't take a huge amount of guess to be seen who is next yeah. you know one of us there are only three or four players in this the side so it could be us next could be sarajya next it could be other people next so we do want to talk to our listeners about that and we want them to be aware of what is going on that there is a concerted attack we all need to there is i i don't believe in any you know people uh, sort of this there is an ecosystem but at the same time i yeah. don't believe that we are all one we, this is not a monolith i mean right is not a monolith in india we all have our uh, own views and opinions but i would like i would really beseech our uh, listeners that they need to stand by us they need to stand by the small media the alternate media people who are trying their best to bring them independent news independent views and who are not completely governed by corporates that is very important and i we will come back to this because there is a very important thing i need to take a quick break and we'll come back to this so i was talking about this attack on what is uh, being seen as um, alternate media or um, you know new small media and we've seen the attack on um, the co-founder of opindia.com so i would like to get your uh, opinion on that well uh, mind is next because uh, you know we are all considered to be the alt right or whatever they are calling us post truth media or the so called well entrenched establishment that yeah. feels threatened with the new media that is coming in yeah. and luckily i think uh, because we are based in the united states and there is much more freedom of expression than uh, you can really yeah. in comparison uh, that that is uh, one of the good things about We're my based makers. in india too i mean yeah, we have a office yeah, and everything yeah. in india our reporters but, but what happens are what happens too. is that this level of intimidation that is there at the street level this leftist in, in, intimidation if you seen the number of cadres non left cadres that get killed by the left now i consider trinamool also yeah. part of the left they are just pretending to be not left they are all left right so this kind of intimidation that was there at the street level at the government level is now going and sp- spilling on uh, towards the online world which has taken away the narrative uh, uh, far from them the 2014 election is a testimony to the fact that the people of india are have moved ahead to the to a, towards the right whether it is cultural social economic political or whatever you can call it mm-hmm. left has been left in the dustbin right but they are still hanging on to the vestige, vestiges of certain establishment that is well entrenched derek o'brien is one such example who wouldn't have brought in this into the parliament had they been 
so uh, threatened by this uh, uh, alt-right uh, sites, mm-hmm. hotels, media companies that are running out there, that they feel their very existence is being threatened. Mm-hmm. They would have stayed on to be an MP or MLA or whatever it is for till they, they pass away. That's the, that is the establishment they were all part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, our um, sympathies and our, uh, I would say, more of the um, it's kind of a, a brotherhood of potential threats that are <laughs> you know, going to emanate. Uh, we are all part of this, whether you are left, right or center. But my thing not, to them is bring them on. We are ready. Uh, we are ready. We are ready. We are not, we don't have we any, uh, right. we have nothing to hide. We are ready. And what happens in, the, in these things is that when you put names out there, you know, and try to look at what Smriti Irani did with uh, Tehseen Poonawala and how, how embarrassing it must have been for Tehseen Poonawala's family. Yeah. So there are things that are there at the political level, there are at the ideas level, mm-hmm. that are there. But if you physically try to intimidate someone using mm-hmm. your parliamentary privilege, then the war starts becoming wider. Yes. And, uh, and it starts becoming nastier at that it point. Becomes, it becomes very personal yeah. and it shouldn't be like that. It should yeah. be about ideas. Uh, at the same time, what uh, Off India and uh, what uh, other portals have done very successfully is that they have made media also become much more accountable than before. Yeah. You know, you don't have Barkadat, you don't have the monopolies that used to exist. There is competition everywhere. I don't know if you've seen the clip of Safandas Gupta blasting yes, Barkadat yes. at the James in fact, in fact That was going to be my recommendation for this evening, actually. And it's interesting that, um, you know, the so-called stalwarts of mainstream media are moving to a digital uh, field. Barkha has already moved to digital um, space. So has, uh, we don't know what um, Arnab is on to. And, you know, so people are also moving on. So their monopoly has definitely ended. But we do stand with our compatriots and we do stand with everybody who has, I, I, we stand with everyone who has an opinion and we respect everybody's opinion. We do not believe in any gagging. We will attack people for their ideas and we will attack people on their policies. We are not going to get personal and we will not do any personal attacks. That is for sure. And that brings us to the very end of this um, podcast and uh, we get to the recommendations because Adit will get very upset if we don't do recommendations. <laughs> so your recommendations for the you know, week. It's promote. very strange that both of us are going to recommend something on freedom of expression. Okay. Very strange and mm-hmm. coincidental. Mm-hmm. I watched on Netflix a documentary called Secrets of the Third Reich. Yeah. I watched just one episode in that series called mm-hmm. Hitler's General. Hitler's ah. General was basically um, uh, Field Marshal uh, Erwin Rommel. Ah. Erwin Rommel was the famous general who stood out till the very end as a very uh, um, dedicated patriotic man but was uh, essentially asked to commit suicide by Hitler in the end because there was some uh, conspiracy that uh, uh, Rommel was trying to get Hitler assassinated. If you bring Hitler up, Hitler is the epitome of gagging. Hitler is the epitome of what uh, these leftists keep claiming that Trump is a Hitler, uh, Modi is a Hitler, mm. Putin is a Hitler. Everybody who is an authoritarian person, whether democratic, democratically elected, or Hitler is a template for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but Hitler's party was based on nationalistic socialist. Uh, the Nazi party was nationalist mm. socialist. socialist party. Yeah. So the the leftist their own icons like Stalin or Hitler or all of these butchers. Mm. Mao were all, all were extreme, extreme crazy people. people yeah. They they have now used started using them, uh, their own. Uh, Not monsters. realizing that they are the heroes of the left. Ah, that is yeah. the the capability that left, left has, has to manipulate 
their own monsters into your own household absolutely so your recommendation was i know my recommendation is this these interventions from two people in jaipur literature festival a sopandas guptas and um, b suhail sets you know there is this heated exchange uh, where they're talking about post truth or truth in the era of post truth or world in the era of post truth if it exists if it does what it is and i would highly recommend both of you to watch those two interventions and if possible the entire debate it's a phenomenal debate and um, we are going to be talking about post truth and i'm going to be writing about it myself because i'm getting tired of this post truth uh, situation you because sure. it, because it really does not mean anything and and we need to um, sort of nip the evil in the bud there is nothing called post truth the only thing that exists is facts and lies and everybody knows who uh, we It'll have been invaluable because you have seen the trauma of uh, coming out of kashmir yes and as somebody yes. now in the media and anyway, such a uh, prominent spot you should yeah. talk about this this, this gagging and this the gagging threats and that you have faced yeah. and uh, absolutely yeah. absolutely very, very, very good one. so we will talk about that definitely and i'm going to write about that as well so that brings us to the end of this mind podcast thank you for being with us we will be back next week in the meantime do look at our, our website we have a by the way we have a new revamped website do look at it it is labor of love lot of people people have spent days and nights working on it and we have tried to incorporate all your feedbacks people were talking about the user interface people were talking about the speed so so far we've gotten phenomenal feedback we would like each one of you to write to us and tell us how do you like the new website there are exceptional pieces there, there are exceptional articles there are some great interviews so do um, go to www.mind.net uh, follow us on twitter like us on on facebook and come back next week we'll be here with the news of the week this is sananda vashish signing off from houston